98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Canada grants asylum to a woman who sheltered fugitive U.S. whistleblower Edward Snowden six years ago. A U.S. court sentenced his former Home Affairs Secretary Patrick Ho to three years prison. And the chief executive brushes aside criticism of planned changes to extradition laws. An asylum seeker who sheltered fugitive U.S. whistleblower Edward Snowden in a home six years ago has been granted asylum in Canada. Vanessa May Rodell and her seven-year-old daughter Kina boarded a flight to Toronto from Czech Lapcock yesterday. Richard Pine reports. Vanessa fled the Philippines after being kidnapped and raped by a member of the New People's Army. For years, she's lived in limbo in Hong Kong, seeking asylum with her daughter Kiana. But in 2017, after she was outed as one of Edward Snowden's so-called guardian angels, local authorities rejected that application. As she waited for the outcome of an appeal, Vanessa got good news from Canada. They'd accepted her as a refugee. Marc-André Sigan is a lawyer from the For the Refugees group that has been supporting Vanessa and the other Snowden refugees. She will be allowed to work, she will be allowed to study, she'll be allowed to open a bank account, her daughter will be allowed to go to school. So she's embarking on a journey for essentially nothing less extraordinary than a normal life. Vanessa says she's looking forward to a new start. I want to go in university and I want to be a journalist. I can start a new life. Kiana can go to school and learn French. Everything's so excited. Everything is new. Vanessa and her daughter hold out hope they'll soon be joined in Canada by five other people who sheltered Mr. Snowden in 2013. Former Sri Lankan soldier Ajith, husband and wife Supun and Nadika, and their two children, Sethumdi and Dinath. Canada has yet to make a decision on their applications. A group supporting refugees says Ms Rodell's case should be a wake-up call for the government to be more careful assessing claims after it refused her refugee status. Isabel Ng from the Hong Kong Society for Asylum Seekers and Refugees says Hong Kong approves less than 10% of claims compared to 30 to 40% in countries like Australia and Canada. She accused the government of discrimination against asylum seekers. That this could send a wake-up call to the Hong Kong government that they should be very careful in assessing the cases and they should stop this kind of institutionalized discrimination across the board to the asylum seeker refugees and label them as economic migrants. A court in New York has sentenced the former Hong Kong Home Affairs Secretary Patrick Ho to 36 months in prison and fined him 400,000 US dollars. Robert Kemp reports. Who was convicted last December on seven out of eight counts of bribery and money laundering in a United Nations-linked case concerning oil rights for mainland conglomerate CEFC China Energy in Chad and Uganda. Ho had been part of a think tank in the US that was financed by CEFC. It had been promoting Beijing's flagship Belt and Road Trade Initiative. Lawyers for Ho insisted at the trial that the payments had been charitable donations. The prosecution had asked for five years. The defence said 16 months behind bars on remand was enough. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says officials are still consulting stakeholders over the government's plan to amend extradition laws. That's after a Taiwan official said the island could issue a travel alert for Hong Kong if the SAR goes ahead with the proposal and allows suspects here to be handed over to other jurisdictions, including the mainland, on a case-by-case basis. Speaking ahead of the weekly EXCO meeting, Mrs Lam was asked if she sees this as a legitimate warning. I do not wish to comment on uh, any particular Uh, comments made by um, external uh, parties, except to say that we are doing it really to uh, ensure public safety and to ensure uh, justice is done. So we will continue with our work 
the Secretary for Security has uh, run around uh, various chambers and uh, organizations to uh, listen to the views and concerns. When we are in a position to announce what then will happen, as far as the legislative amendments are concerned, we will do so in an early opportunity. The former Director of Prosecutions, Granville Cross, has brushed aside criticism of the mainland judicial system, saying in some ways it's better than Hong Kong's. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat program, he backed government plans to amend extradition laws so it's easier for Hong Kong to transfer suspects to places it has no formal agreement with, such as Taiwan and the mainland. Civic Party Chairman Alan Leong was against this, saying the mainland's judicial system was pathetically bad and could expose Hong Kong residents to torture and unfair treatment. Treatment. Mr. Cross disagreed. The mainland that also I has do additional not, protections that we don't have here. I For example, do not, in Hong Kong, someone can be convicted on the basis of a confessional statement alone. And of course, many people complain that they have been coerced into making statements. Right. In the mainland, however, so you're not letting me come in. Someone okay. can only be convicted uh, on the basis of confessional material if it is corroborated. So that's an example of the sort of additional protection that the mainland system has that we don't have here. Let's not pretend that uh, it doesn't have uh, some good elements. Mr Cross added that Hong Kong people should not be overly worried about the proposed changes, saying the mainland has already signed extradition agreements with many other democratic countries. China, of course, has now surrender of fugitive uh, offender agreements or extradition agreements in place with some 40 countries. 40 countries. Uh, many of these are democracies, including places like Spain, France, uh, Portugal, uh, in this part of the world, Thailand, Philippines, South Korea. And so it's absolutely illogical, in my view, that there shouldn't be a similar arrangement within the same country. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says it doesn't mean her governance has weakened if officials drop a plan aimed at reducing the differences between the three cross-harbour tunnel tolls. She didn't confirm if the government would call off tomorrow's non-binding motion in LegCo, which would have been its second attempt to seek support. If uh, members of a legislative council, for various reasons, could not support the current proposal, then what we could do as a government is we have to respect that particular decision. But uh, what I'm saying is uh, that should not be interpreted as a means of uh, government uh, weakening her governance, because this is a very practical way of taking forward uh, things that have been uh, bordering people uh, for a long time. West Kowloon Magistracy has heard that a pool installed by the husband of Justice Secretary Theresa Cheng at his home in Tunmun could compromise building safety. Veteran engineer Otto Poon has denied a charge of knowingly carrying out building work without government approval. Prosecutors told the court the pool weighed 14,000 kilograms when full of water and was a permanent structure. The lawyer also said Mr Poon, as a senior and experienced engineer, should fully understand he must seek prior approval from the buildings department. Overseas now, and members of Parliament in Britain have voted to take control of business in the House of Commons tomorrow in an unprecedented move to try to find a way forward on Brexit. The deal agreed between the Prime Minister Theresa May and the EU has twice been rejected by Parliament, plunging the process into chaos. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. It's another humiliating defeat for Theresa May. She has essentially lost control, at least partially, of the Brexit process and lost several ministers too, who resigned to vote against the government. What it means is that MPs are now expected to vote on alternatives to Mrs May's deal, including such options as a softer Brexit and a second referendum. 
There is, of course, no guarantee that MPs could unite around any alternative, or whether, even if they could, the government would go along with it. And Mrs May hasn't given up getting her deal through if the search for an alternative fails. The exiled former Prime Minister of Thailand, Thaksin Shinawat, says his country's general election was rigged. He claimed the military government had manipulated the result to stay in power. Any games, if the rule and the referee is not fair, the result will not be respected. If you look at the number of ballots and the number of voter turnouts, the ballots is much more exceed the number of the voter turnout in many, many provinces. The Electoral Commission has said it will investigate any allegations of irregularities. The result of Sunday's election is still not clear. Two rival camps, the opposition backed by Mr Tuxin and a pro-military party, are both trying to form a government. The Pentagon has authorised the transfer of a billion US dollars to army engineers to begin building new sections of barrier along the US-Mexican border. The funds are the first being made available under the national emergency declared by President Trump to bypass Congress and construct the wall he promised when he stood for election. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. This is the first stage of Donald Trump's plan to divert funds from unrelated projects to partially pay for the construction of a wall along the U.S. southern border. The president vetoed a bipartisan bill by Congress to block his declaration of a national emergency, which he's using to release the funds. Money from anti-drug operations will be spent on 90 kilometres of fencing, road improvement projects and the installation of lights along sections of the border. Under the national emergency, other funds, including those set aside for military construction projects can be dedicated to building the wall. Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives have formally asked the Attorney General to hand over the full report of the Special Counsel Robert Mueller into Russian election interference. A summary of the report released by the Attorney General William Barr said the Trump campaign hadn't colluded with Russia to influence the 2016 elections. But it said Mr Mueller hadn't taken a view on whether or not President Trump had tried to obstruct justice. Finance now and shares of Cathay Pacific surged more than 3% in early trading on media reports that it will announce later today a deal to buy budget airline Hong Kong Express. Cathay has said it's in active discussions about a buyout involving the low-cost carrier. The government has signed a free trade agreement with Canberra enabling Hong Kong to enjoy free market access and preferential treatment in 140 service sectors in Australia. It says the deal will create more business opportunities and improve trade and investment flows between the SAR and Australia when it comes into effect. Speaking after a signing ceremony in Sydney, the Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, said the deal goes beyond both sides' commitments as members of the World Trade Organization. It is a high quality in the, sense, in the WTO sense because of the commitment we made far exceed our existing commitment we respectively made to WTO. I think both Hong Kong and Australia made our best effort in making sure that this is a high-quality, modern and also WTO-compliant or WTO-plus free trade agreement and also investment agreement. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.08 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 35 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,576, 53 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $47 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. 
There were big wins for England and France in football's Euro 2020 qualifiers, but the reigning champions Portugal dropped points against Serbia. It finished 5-1 for England in their Group A match at Montenegro. That's now 10 goals scored by England in their first two games, having beaten Czech Republic 5-0 on Friday. The former England winger Chris Waddle expects England to stroll through this group. England have come out one down crowd. The crowd was rocking for a little bit, but they've reacted brilliantly. They're full of confidence. I expect England to win this group without a defeat or a draw. The other game in that group ended one all between Kosovo and Bulgaria. Like England, World Cup champions France also enjoyed an easy win. They thumped Iceland 4-0 with goals from Samuel Umtiti, Olivier Giroud, Kylian Mbappe, and Antoine Griezmann. Cristiano Ronaldo was taken off injured in Portugal's one-all draw against Serbia. The Portugal captain appeared to have suffered a hamstring injury when running after the ball. Now, with less than 10 games left in the NBA season, attention has shifted to playoff positioning. Reigning champions Golden State and Denver are on course for a one-two finish in the West. The top four finishers gain home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Entering last night, only four games separated third-place Houston and eighth-place San Antonio. Utah beat Phoenix 125 to 92 to keep pressure on Portland, who sit fourth. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich has been looking ahead. I really think the way Houston has played, that they are going to be one of those top four teams when the fi- when the playoffs begin in just about three weeks. The L.A. Clippers are the team that's really raised a lot of eyebrows. They've won nine of their last ten games, and they're right on the heels of the Portland Trailblazers. And we've been talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've Stumbled a bit. They've only won four of their last ten. I expect Oklahoma City to play better basketball over these final eight games. And what has happened to the Utah Jazz? Mm-hmm. Last year's Cinderella team, basically, really struggling just to stay in the playoff hunt. On the ice, the Tampa Bay Lightning have recorded their 59th win on the season, becoming only the fourth NHL team to reach that mark. They rallied from two goals down to beat the Boston Bruins 5-4. Steven Stamkos scored twice in the win. With five games remaining, Tampa have a chance to surpass the NHL record of 62 wins set by the 1996 Detroit Red Wings. The two Montreal Canadiens teams that played between 1976 and 78 also won 59 games. Both teams went on to win the Stanley Cup. Tampa must win four of their next five games to break the record. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again: Canada grants asylum to a woman who sheltered fugitive U.S. whistleblower Edward Snowden. A U.S. court sentences former Home Affairs Secretary Patrick Ho to three years prison, and the chief executive brushes aside criticism of planned changes to extradition laws. The news from RTHK. RTHK.